Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hello there, this is the Reverend Francis Seaton, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of this country podcast. Now, first, he's the man that still owes Steve from the dairy farm six quid. He says he paid it yesterday, but I, for one, do not believe him. It's Neil. I did, I did, I did. Let me see that receipt. <laughs> oh, I didn't bother with that. I didn't want to waste paper, you know, Just with all cash this... in hand. <laughs> yeah. Always cash in hand. Well, no, contactless now. Contactless. Oh, is that how you do it? Mm. Fair enough. Now, in this Superfan episode, we touch base with another past guest. He's an author, podcaster, charity runner, and one of, if not the most positive person on social media. Please welcome back the one and only Giles Paley Phillips. Nice to see you. Hey, thanks, guys. So how are you doing? How are you doing in these weird times, Giles? I'm actually doing okay. I hate saying that because everyone else is like, hmm... But um, as a family, we're, we're doing really well, actually. We, my wife's a teacher, so she set about putting a timetable in place fairly, fairly early on. And in fact, I think she started even before we went into lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we, we're, we're all sort of regimenting and timetabled. And, um, yeah, and, I, and I've actually been really busy as well. I've had lots of projects on the go. So it's actually been quite a prolific time for me. So I don't know. It's yeah, I can have to say it's it's been okay. What about you guys? Yeah, we've been just getting uh, getting used to this format because obviously mm. we we normally even if we're doing a what used to be Skype um, interviews, there would be the two of us in one room. So the dynamic of it is is strange because with your podcast, you're always mm. are, you, are you always are you are you in the room together or not? We're, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we, we record, I mean, we always record in person and we always record with the guest in person as well. So, you know, we're all often up in London. There's a studio that we go to um, near Old Street, um, part, which is part of Acast, who are our host podcast hosts. And so we use their little studio or we use, the, there's a bar that we go to near Oxford Street. 
Um, or sometimes you get invited to people's houses, which is nice. Wow. Um, yeah. Living the dream. God. Um, <laughs> the, the podcast the, the old fashioned times when you used to be able to go to people's houses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we've always tried to do it in person. So I think we only did one previously. We did, I think, David Harbour. We had to do um, the guy from Stranger Things. Um, we had to do via Skype. Um, but that was the only one. But yeah, we've obviously moved to, we've adapted to using Zoom for the last sort of 10, 15 pods we've been recording. So yeah. Um, and like you say, it's a, it's, a, it's a different way of doing it. I think there's, there's some elements that I like about it. Obviously, I don't have to leave the house. Um, I, I'm at the moment, I'm in my ch- children, I'm in my eldest bed- bedroom. This is where I, my book conversation is set up at the moment. No, it's um, not. That's, that, the desk. that's your Pikachu. <laughs> Come on, Charles. That's my picture. No, oh my god, my my eldest is so obsessed with Pokemon. Oh right, I mean it's unbelievable. Yeah, I thought that had, that had gone, but there's a new generation of people of kids that love. I it. never got it the first time. I never understood no, it. Me neither. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a weird one. I think they he plays Pokemon Go. He loves playing Pokemon Go. Um, that sort of, but I think that started it, and then now the cards and the movie. Obviously, mm. which was okay. The movie it wasn't too bad. It had Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it. I still haven't watched it. I must admit. No, I've not seen it either. Well, um, I wouldn't rush out to go and watch it. Right. Um, <laughs> if it's on TV and there's literally nothing else on, um, is that good enough that's, review? That's, 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 that's one kind thumb. of recommendation, <laughs> isn't it? A kind of recommendation. <laughs> they should definitely put that on the poster. If there's nothing else on. Yeah. What's this? <laughs> that should be yeah, that should be on the bottom. Charles Paley Phillips. If there's nothing else on, yeah. watch this. <laughs> I'm being very very disingenuous, but yeah, it, no, it's all, it's all right. But yeah, he loves he loves Pokemon. He's massive into Pokemon. Oh right, um, you, but you, but yeah. you should give that particular podcast a shout out because uh, it's one that I think both myself and Neil really enjoy listening to. Uh, well, blank. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I thought even there was some Pokemon. Oh no, podcast that was, yeah. <laughs> that'll be your next one. That'll be that's yeah, my next one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Blank, sorry, Blank Podcast, yes, which we, you know, we do, it comes out every week, and um, yeah, we love it, yeah, it's great, we get to chat to people that we, we really love and admire, and uh, we talk about those difficult moments, which we all have, um, I mean, it started off being, like, difficult moments for in creative, the creative world, because obviously Jim's a, a stand-up comedian, and I'm, I'm a writer, and and so, yeah, it was started off like that, but now, yeah, it's kind of evolved, and we have all sorts of different people, I mean, this week we had um, Professor David Wilson, who's a criminologist. He was on and talking, talking to us about psychopaths. Okay. It was quite interesting. Mm. And he gets to meet serial killers all the time. So that's, you know, that's his blank moment, mm. going to meet, meet mass murderers. So what do you think he'd, he'd uh, think about Big Mandy? Oh, goodness, <laughs> Big Mandy. Yeah, I, I, yes. I'd love to know uh, what, how he would um, approach talking to her, for sure. Um, I'd like to think that he'd probably join the book club, and he could probably he could probably analyse it through that. He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Who are you calling psychopath? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, Giles, that, oh, on, I was going to say, um, series three. Then we haven't spoken to you since. What were your thoughts? No, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you know, it was. Although it was such a big anticipation for it coming out, um, I think yeah, I think it really seemed to build up a lot more this time. I think you know that obviously it's sort of grown from having that cult following to sort of edging into the mainstream a little bit more. And uh, certainly, you know, there was lots of 
kind of high profile people talking about it before it came on and um so yeah sort of like social media and twitter particularly was a buzz with this country and that was really nice to see because you sort of i felt like um i was in in on it before you know what i mean like we i kind of i've been there from the beginning like a little secret club yeah. yeah 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 and it's like oh, other people other people wanting to join the club and that's really exciting so it was really nice to see you know to see it getting that kind of recognition i think mm. um and so, yeah, I was really excited about seeing it. And um, I think I thought it was going to be, sh- the whole lot was going to be streamed um, at the, so I could watch, I could binge it. Mm. But it ended up being like, so I don't know where I read that or I saw that. I thought I think someone maybe had tweeted like, oh, I'm going to watch the whole lot in one go. Mm. Um, but obviously they came out weekly, which is, I think is quite nice, really. In a way. Yeah, I think, the, I think Simon, the producer actually put out on Twitter, said, would people like to binge it or watch it weekly? Ah, I think okay. I, and, and sort of did like a little poll to see what people thought. Oh, um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, because the thing is, it's like people these days, when you look at what's happening now, people are binging stuff uh, and mm. have done probably for a few years as well. And I've, I, I quite like that, although it doesn't give you that water cooler moment where you can talk about things back in the old days when you would see an episode and then talk to your work colleagues. Did you see that last night? Because you don't know where everybody is now in watching stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I like, I mean, I I do, obviously we like a binge. We like to binge stuff here. Um, You know, if we get into a series, you want to watch the, you know, you watch over, you know, consecutive nights. It's quite nice, but actually it was quite nice just waiting for it the next week and anticipating the next episode. So, I'm quite pleased in the way they did it like that because, like you say, we could digest each episode a bit, bit, bit more than we probably would have done if we just, you know, whacked through them. Mm. I think I'd binged, I think I'd certainly binged the first series. Um, so probably, and I know I've watched, I mean, obviously I've watched, I haven't watched series three again, actually, since it's been on. And that's something I need to go back and do. Um, series one and two I've watched multiple mm. times. Um, so it'd be nice to watch it actually binging it and see see what it's like. Um, you know, because you know what it's like with series, there's always sort of narrative threads running through, and um, it'd be nice to pick those out a little bit more, you know. Yeah, which I think you do, you do notice more, obviously, if you binge something because you're like with it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, did it give you the closure of being at the final series that you wanted from what you can remember? Yeah, I mean, it finished, you know, obviously, it's sort of bittersweet, you know, a bit like Game of Thrones. Um, oh, that's a that's uh, a that's a that's a tinder box. That is, you're talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's not. This um, podcast could go on for three hours if we start. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm just going to split it. I hated the end of Game of Thrones, so I'm just. Putting you're that not. You're there. not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> but no, no. I think they tackled it really well. I think it was a difficult series. I mean, you know, they lost lost Michael as well, so they had to deal with that stuff. Um, and I think well, they they did they handled that really really well as. Well, I thought that was a really nice um, way they they did that, and um, yeah, like I say, it was slightly bittersweet. But then, you know, I think I think they just did it really well. I thought it was it was lovely. It was really in keeping with everything that had gone before, really. Yeah. And I think that's why we love this country is because they it's got this formula, mm. and it's and it's so lovely. Did you watch like series one and series two before series three started, or did you go in there sort of quite dry? Yeah, I think I had. Well, I think I'd seen it. I'd watched them quite recently before then. Anyway, um, like I said, I've been to them both both series a few times, so I'm quite familiar with them. Um, so yeah, I think I was quite up to date, and obviously the aftermath as well. Mm. So I was interested to see how they where they would go with um, Kerry's dad with Martin. 
Um, and I thought that, that episode was fantastic when he came back into their lives. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really good, actually. It was a good eye-opening kind of moment for her. I think, you know, obviously she'd had slightly that anyway in the aftermath, but just, um, yeah, getting to realise that, her, you know, what a twat her dad is, you know. <laughs> did you, did you feel that it wasn't, because we've said before that there wasn't that, payoff scene where she confronts him and tells him what a dick he was it, it, for me it's like it's a it's a itch that hasn't been scratched yeah yeah that's true actually i hadn't thought about it yeah and, and actually thinking about it yeah that might have been a good payoff might not having that um having that moment mm. a bit like you know in the office when at the end of um he just tells finchie to fuck yeah off, yeah. yeah exactly that um, moment uh, yeah, and maybe that would have been nice, but then at the same time, I guess maybe you have to look at their characters and think: Would Carrie, would Carrie have had the balls to that, or um, the inclination to do that to her dad? Mm. I think there's probably still side of her that that wouldn't want to say that to her dad because she's this obviously still an element of yeah. But I know what you mean. It would have been quite nice in a way. I think for, as us as an audience, we probably would have liked. That. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you sort of think in two weeks' time he's back. And he's back there yeah. just like ruling the roost again. And it's that, again, it's something that's never really going to change. Yeah, exactly. I think it leaves that open, doesn't it? That we can think that, yeah, he's just always going to be a bit of a shit. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he's going to come in and out of her life, you know, now and again. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's quite a nice thing in a way. And how do you feel the vicar's going to get on in Bristol, Giles? Oh, see, I worried about him going to Bristol. I mean, I think going back to... Um, the episode when his son comes back and they, you know, when Curtin's saying, what's Bristol like, you know, and it's this sort of hedonistic drug <laughs> den. Um, so I'm a bit worried about the vicar, a little bit worried about him. I don't know how he'll cope. I think it'd be exciting for him, but I think, I think he'll pine for the, the, the gentleness of being in the village. I think he'll pine for that, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, he's robust enough to take things on his chin, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> with the fact that you've only seen each episode once, any particular mm. episodes that stood out to you in series three? Well, the book club episode is up there, definitely. I think any any of the episodes with Mandy and sort of you know she's just a bit of a scene scene stealer, isn't she? Yeah, um, brilliant, brilliant portrayal. Um, and uh, yeah, so those those were very difficult moments, weren't they? <laughs> very uncomfortable. And I think I, that was what's so great about it: those moments and the quiet of them. Um, and 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 we said that the Martin moving back home as well. That was a great episode. Yeah. I thought there were all killer moments in each one. You know, and I, I liked that Kerry had got a job at the dump and all that kind of stuff, and the relationships you had with those guys. I mean, there's just so many nice elements in this series. I thought they really thought long and hard about how they were going to do it. And um, yeah, like I say, and then and then the more sort of poignant moments to it. You know, obviously at the very end, but yeah, that the, the first episode. Do you feel um, after first watching it, Giles, that there would have been anything you would like to have seen more of or anything happen, you know what I mean, within the story? Yeah, I think when we last spoke, I thought, like, we talked about maybe the idea of them going out of their comfort zone, going out of the village mm. and seeing them in a different area. That might have been quite interesting. Maybe they went to, to Bristol one day. That would have been quite interesting. I think they obviously haven't done a kind of Christmas special. No. Um, that which is you know that uh, they, they, maybe they will at one point, maybe they won't. Um, but that 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 would have been quite interesting. But I think they, ch- yeah, I think they they covered a lot of bases in the series. I think they, you know, they opened up a lot of questions and they answered a lot of questions. So I think, yeah, 
I think they did they did pretty good job all in all to be yeah, honest. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it, when you're doing, you know, a third series, you've had two really you know, and like I say, the, the, the anticipation for this one was a lot higher. Um it's always so difficult. I imagine being in that world, very difficult to try and make everybody happy. That's the thing, isn't it? Mm. And do you feel I know obviously being a fan of this country, but do you feel they made the right decision in saying that even if it's just for now, that's it, they're not gonna do any more? I think so. I think so. I think you can, and I'm sure, I mean, to be honest, I'm sure obviously the, um, the actors are very fond of all the characters in it. You can tell that by the way they play them. Yeah. But I should imagine they want to try other stuff, um, do new projects. You know, I could imagine, you know, and like you say, never say never. You know, we've seen it with other series recently, like Gavin and Stacey coming back after 10 years. Um, I, I would, I'd be no doubt that they'll be tempted to come back to it at some point. But I think, yeah, yeah, probably they want to sort of fly the roost and um, try some new stuff. And I think that's fair enough, really. They've given us three series and a special of brilliant, brilliant series, haven't they? So mm. I think, you know, I think sometimes if series has gone too long, they can lose their potency a little bit, can't they? Absolutely. They always, it's always better to go out on that high, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. if like 10 years down the line, the vicar does come back, we... we spoke to Paul Shahidi and said that that would be a good idea that 10 mm. years, he, he maybe just comes back to see what Kerry and Curtin are doing and they're doing exactly the same thing they just, they're, yeah. they're, nothing <laughs> has changed apart from they're being Curtin's flat, weren't they? Yes, that's true Yeah and, Well, you would have been evicted by then, I should imagine <laughs> 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 quails running around the flat, you see yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could just do a spin-off with the Vicar, I'd watch that as well you know, like in Bristol that would be interesting. It's funny you say uh, the nan. Um, who mm. who is your thought on who that is? Oh goodness! Well, I, I assumed it was probably one of their real relatives. It's it's an A lister. Um, They've said it's an A lister. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. we, we tried to think... pin everybody down. The director and producer. A-list. Yeah, we we've got our ideas on who we think it is, but we've it's never been denied or confirmed, unfortunately. Right. Oh goodness, A Lister. I mean, it could be Judy Dent, then, couldn't could it? Could be, yeah. We think it's Tilda Swinton. And if if you look, oh okay, yeah. If you look, I just I'm just adamant that, that it is. That's a good call, actually. Yeah. That's a good call. I'm think I was going too old. <laughs> I should have reined it in a bit. It could be Kate Blanchett. She loves it. She loves popping up in cameos and stuff. It could be yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Her famous one in Hot Fuzz. She was yeah, yeah. Hot Fuzz. She was yeah, she had the full on hazmat suit that nobody yeah, knew exactly. Who it Brilliant, was. A fantastic yeah. way yeah. of doing it. Yeah, genius. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Wow, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting to know who that is. Yeah, yeah. we have tried to pin them down, but they're being very coy about it. They they they, they yeah. will not say who it is. <laughs> That's fair enough. I think. Uh, right, the one of the other things uh, I wanted to talk to you about, Jars. Um, mm. First of all, your charity run that you did. Um, yeah. anybody that again that was on social media that it was a Sunday that you did it wasn't it I think if I remember correctly yeah it was it was actually the day of what would have been the the um, London Marathon I kind of I didn't mean to to have co- coincided with that but actually it ended up being the same day it would have been the yeah London so you, uh, and... tell us exactly uh, it was a bit of a novel way of doing it while you're in a lockdown <laughs> yeah. yeah well I was just thinking what can I do how can I raise some funds for NHS charities. Obviously they were doing, you know, obviously they're doing loads of work at the moment. And I just thought, you know, um, obviously other people have been doing things like, you know, Captain Tom and and various other people. And I thought, oh, what can I do with my own little bit? 
And I thought, I haven't done a big run for ages. And I, I kind of thought, oh. and one day I just spaced out what it, what the distance is between, I was just curious, really, from the front door to the back gate, and then how many times it would take me to do a full marathon. And um, I worked out it would be from the front door to the back gates 1,687 times. So I thought, well, that doesn't sound too bad, actually. <laughs> that sounds all right. Um, so... Uh, so two weeks later, I did it. <laughs> it was a bit of a kind of whimsical, like a bit of whim, you know, like fancy whim, whimsical moment. I don't know what the word is, but yeah, I just thought um, stupidity. Maybe I remember saying to my wife, "I'm going to do, I'm going to do a marathon in the house." She said, "What? I'm going to do a marathon in the house. I'm going to run from the front door to the back gate." She said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think there was other words in there, which I won't repeat again. But um, um, yeah, so, so yeah, but I just thought it'd be a bit of fun, a bit of um, something something achievable. Mm. I've, I've done one marathon before, um, but I knew I'd be, able to, I'd be doing it really slowly. So I thought, you know, there were a few trip hazards. I mean, I just had to go down the hallway and then through, sort of meander through the kitchen and then through our conservatory. And then there's some steps down in the, in the, in the garden. So I was... Um, yeah, I was aware that, I, that there were a few trip hazards, but um, yeah, I just took my time, didn't do it too fast. And uh, yeah, I've, I've tried to broadcast most of it on Facebook and Instagram, which was really, you know, it's really good because not having anyone apart from obviously my children who were just sort of eating the jelly babies I put out <laughs> on the side to keep me going. Um, I wasn't, you know, and my, Michelle, my wife, was just doing loads of gardening that day. So I wasn't getting, there wasn't loads of support um, <laughs> in the household. Uh, so I thought, you know, it was quite nice going on 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 the live, on social media live. And people it was getting loads of nice messages. And it was really, really lovely. And um, actually really took my mind off the, the, the sort of more... Uh, more physical aspects of it, and uh, it was really, really fun in the end. I love I the fact. I was gonna say, well. I love the fact that you had a little food and drink station with the jelly yeah, babies and some good. water. Like, yeah, but you was like, going past it literally every fifty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was vital. Yeah, I mean, around sort of twenty-five kilometers, I started to hit the wall a little bit, and um, I was like, oh, I said to Michelle, I was like, oh, I'm really struggling. You know, I don't know what. I'm really starting to feel it, and she said, I'll make you some pineapple and cheese which is a you know it's one of those ultimate combinations yeah. and i it was honestly i can't tell you the revitalizing properties of pineapple and cheese really i was just yeah i'm going to recommend it to anybody that like coma victims they should give it to <laughs> because um honestly they i they might have a problem chewing it though i think <laughs> no that's true that's true maybe they sort of intravenously <laughs> put it in uh but it was incredible that, like, I've just, yeah, I got a complete second wind after eating that pineapple and cheese. And I spent the rest of the run talking about how great pineapple and cheese was, which I think was probably, yeah, I think the numbers started to dwindle on the uh, Instagram live. Um, so I, just... <laughs> I wouldn't shut up about pineapple and cheese. Did you present it um, in a, um, a tinfoil wrapped potato with them all? No, I, she didn't know. That would have, that would have been great. And um, she, I felt a bit let down that she hadn't done that. But uh, <laughs> no, no, it came in a bowl. Um, but yeah, it was great. No, it was, it was, it was a really fun thing to do. And I, I, you know, we raised nearly just over nine thousand pounds. So it was amazing. Fantastic. That's great. How long but did it take you in the end, Giles? Do you know what? I actually did it quicker than I did the last marathon. I did. I did it in just. It was a what was it four. 
four hours fifty or something. Right. Which which I was quite chuffed with because I wasn't like really going. I think maybe I probably paced myself better because I was having to go at quite a slow pace. Um, so actually, it was um, I think when I did the London marathon, which was in twenty sixteen, it took me over five hours. But I think I just got carried away at the beginning and. I remember seeing my wife about halfway up to Power Bridge saying, oh, I'm going to smash my time. And then about 20 miles, I was almost crying mm. um, <laughs> because I was so, I was so wrecked. Um, so, yeah, I think this time it was a bit of a steadier pace. So I managed to do it in just under five hours, which was great. I don't know how people do it. I get antsy just driving 20 miles, let alone, <laughs> let alone yeah. running or even walking yeah, 20 yeah, miles. Yeah. But the next next time you do it, at least you know that you'll be sponsored by pineapple and by cheese. Exactly, you yes. You <laughs> the man from Del Monte is going to get in touch, I think. <laughs> oh, I just imagine that on the, the soles of your shoes, you'll have cheese and pineapple. That'll be, <laughs> yeah. that'll, that'll be your, uh, your perk from getting sponsored. Yeah. Or just uh, have it hanging in front of you. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yes. Yes. Like have it on a hat. <laughs> like just like, yeah, that'd be perfect. I could get one of those Australian with instead of corks. Oh, yes. Pineapple and cheese hanging down. That would be perfect. The merchandise will just like make us. Oh. I say make us. Like we've got to make you. A <laughs> no, I share. I'm sharing it around. We're, 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 we're... <laughs> <laughs> paid in pineapple. Uh, we paid in. Oh, yeah. I don't mind. See, I, I don't like cheese, but I love pineapple. So okay. I, I, we can split it fifty fifty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take the pineapple share. You take the cheese share. That'll be fine. Um, right. The other thing is. Um, uh, your book. Uh, I mean, you've got loads of books. Like you said on one of your social media posts, that that trust you to pick a lockdown to have, I think, three books yeah. to be released. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but uh, 152 days, which is the one that mm. um, that I read. I read it in one day, which I was like, I was. I'm not a big reader. Neil knows this. I'm not a big reader at all. But I just found it as soon as you started. As soon as you started, I just like was engrossed and just just kept going until then I went, oh, oh, it's, it's finished. Um, tell everybody about that book, because it's something a bit special. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. In fact, actually, one one of the reasons I wrote it in that style, in the, it's, so it's a free verse novel, um, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, so it's, it's almost, you know, it's like, it's like what they call prose poetry or free verse. Um, so it's, you know, it's a linear story, but it's written in a, in, a, in verse and poetry. Um, but it is a, it is like a, like a novel it's a story um and um yeah one of the reasons I wanted to write in that style because I I really I think you know we're at a point in you know now that we're everything's so immediate yeah. we want something quick and you know like a quick read or whatever and uh, I thought you know if someone can read this story in one sitting like you would um you would watch a movie or listen to an album um then that's kind of that was kind of one of the, one of the reasons I wrote it that way. I mean, I also wrote it like that because I it was it's quite, obviously it's an emotional book. So the story is about a boy who's um, dealing with having a terminally ill mother who he can't see. So I mean, it's obviously quite um, poignant at the moment, you know, with people in lockdown. So he, he's he's suffering from pneumonia, so he can't um, go and see her because she's going through um, chemotherapy, and um, it's this kind of uh, difficult situation that he's in that he's you know he can't see his 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 mother that's you know who, who he knows is is not long to be around and then he's also got this sort of estranged father who's 
not dealing with the situation very well and has sort of turned to alcohol. And um, he just sort of hangs around with his sort of slightly strange and eccentric grandmother um, all the t- most of the time. And then he sort of meets this uh, physiotherapist who's helping him with his to get, to get over his pneumonia and he, and he kind of falls in love with her. So there's this kind of like love story and she sort of, sort of shows him a sort of better side of life and, and gives him some hope and, and that's the kind of lighter side of the book. But yeah, I mean, there are some sort of heavy elements and a lot of it's based on my own experiences um, when I was growing up, with, um, I lost my mum to leukemia, so and I had pneumonia. So it's, um, when she was going through treatment, so it's very similar kind of things. But yeah, it, it's one of those sort of slightly strange serendipitous things. It came out as lockdown started, so you know I've been able to go out and, and and sort of tell people about it. But also, quite a lot of the elements of the books are quite, um, yeah, they're they're. they're, they're quite intrinsic with what's going on you know the, the idea of lockdown and isolation and all those kind of things are all in the book so I think you know for a lot of people they've been reading it and finding that it's um mirrored in what's going on at the moment mm. how, how hard was it to write in verse well I I think like the one of it like I say one of the reasons why I chose it was because I wanted to put more more about emotion in the book and use language to, to, to push the narrative as opposed to just it being prose mm-hmm. and, and description. So I wanted to be able to convey scenes very neatly within like a couple of lines, for example. Um, so, and, and most of the pages are like little scenes, like movie scenes almost. And so, yeah, so I think it felt like the most comfortable way of doing it. And I've always been, I mean, my children's books are kind of written in rhyme and stuff. I mean, this isn't in rhyme, but I've always liked poetry. I've always liked that style. There's quite a few American authors I like that have written verse novels. Vikram Seth's one of them who's who's written quite a few novels in verse. I just really like the style of it. And um, yeah, it's it's hard in some respects because you've got, you know, you're writing, you know, you're essentially writing poems um, or poetry. And the, the, it's got to have rhythm and stuff to it. But at the same time, um, I find it quite a freeing experience writing that way. And I have written, actually written some other novels in that style as well. So I, it's, I'm kind of a bit locked into it now. Right. I, the idea of kind of writing a normal prose novel seems quite daunting. I'm quite, I'm quite locked into the verse thing. So, and I, I really enjoy it. And I think, you know, that's the, obviously with all creative enterprises you want to be doing something that you enjoy first and foremost and then if other people like it then that's the mm. thing that i find with some of the um there's a couple of pages where it is like you say just two or three maybe four lines and i find some of them like like they were a gut punch you'd, you'd read it and then i'd be thinking about it two or three pages down the line and then i have to go back to it and it was only like because it was so short you think oh it's just a flippant let's just read it and it'd be like oh my god and then you go on to it's it's just I've never read a book like that before, you know, and I think just the style of it fitted the subject matter so well. Um, I find it really moving, I must admit, but, I'm, but, oh, thank but you. the fact that I think, like you say, in the situation that we're all in now where we're away from loved ones and we can't see people and you worry about them, I think it's, it's a book for the time. I think it definitely is. It's just, it's a shame you can't get out there and publicise it yeah. like, like you would normally yeah yeah and i think i think the people who have read it have 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 resonated you know it has resonated with them either because they've they've had similar situations in their own lives they've lost loved ones or whatever but also but yeah like say because of what's going on with covid and and being in lockdown and being isolated and particularly like you know we've seen in recent weeks in the news 
you know, lots of people sort of coming out because of the thing with Dominic Cummings, people coming out and saying, you know, I haven't seen, you know, I had to say goodbye to my a loved one via WhatsApp or something, you know, which is, you know, it's just heartbreaking. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, so I think there are elements of of that in the book that people are picking up on. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice when people get in touch and tell me because it's, you know, it's always nice to hear those things. Yeah, absolutely. So have you found it um, easy to be productive over the last couple of months? Yeah, I've been really productive. I mean, since, I mean, almost like as lockdown started, I just started getting sort of inundated with bits of, bits of work and stuff so like i did um i did did a story for this tony's company tony's they do this um sound box for children like children's stories so i did did a story for them about um explaining coronavirus to children so that people could you know people can download that um and then yeah lots of podcast projects actually on the go so i mean we've just um we've been carrying on doing blank we've sort of adapted like we were talking earlier but adapted to this way of working and so we didn't want to stop doing it um we had loads of guests lined up as well so you don't want you know we'll cancel everybody and actually we, i think in some respects we've probably had more guests because we've you know people are sort of twiddling, some people are twiddling their thumbs we've, we've, you know, so. we find that as well it's like with, yeah. with actors that you've been like for months trying to get hold of yeah that we're, i'm too busy i'm so i can't do it i'm really sorry and now when you sort of contact you yeah well look you're not doing anything <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. Then, I know you're not. Yeah, doing it, and then sometimes, <laughs> but then I was, it's also like you you think about that, but then people are going through things, and 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 yeah, you you've yeah. got to be a little bit give them a little bit of leeway instead of, of course, you know. Of but it's it's uh, it's a weird thing how sometimes it can it can open up little opportunities and stuff, but yeah, you have to have the bigger picture that actually it's not a particularly nice yeah, time yeah. for for it. Yeah, of course, things, you know? of course, yeah. Yeah, but I think for so you know for us we found. I mean, I think Jim and I said with blank we said we wanted to carry on because, and I said early on that I, you know, I think we both needed the distraction yeah. from what was going on, and actually doing this is a real comfort. I mean, blank for us is always a bit of therapy. You know, whenever we sit down and talk to people, we we go into some sort of some interesting places, and it's always a bit of therapy for us and the guests. And uh, I think we didn't want to stop doing that. You know. I'm sure you have similar things when you do, yeah. you know, when you do this, this one and your other podcast. So I think, yeah, it's just, you know, for us, it was, it was, it was a nice thing to take minds off, off what's going on. So yeah, we wanted to do that. And yeah, and I've got a few writing projects on the go. So yeah, it's been, it's been a really productive sort of time in some ways. I mean, I'm a, I'm a terrible procrastinator. So actually being able to focus and, you know, I've, I've been helping with the homeschooling and stuff as well. So you know, it's been busy here. Um, and there are a lot of aspects of, of lockdown that I've, you know, enjoyed. You know, I mean, I'm obviously I miss friends dearly and, and, and family. But, um, you know, there are sort of, you know, there are a lot of things that I've I've enjoyed about um, being home. I'm, I know we're incredibly lucky. We've got, we've got a garden and, I'm, you know, I'm with my favourite people. So, you know, I know that's, um, I'm very grateful for that. But, yeah, so there are, there are aspects that I've enjoyed, yeah. for sure. Going back to your podcast, Charles, is there a guest mm. that you still want to get on there that you haven't had the chance to yet? Oh, there's so many, mm-hmm. so many guests. Who who have we tried? I'm trying to think now. I don't want to name too many names, but um, we're trying to. We've, we, I really want to get Nick Offerman on. Oh, he'd be amazing. So I. I Nick Offerman and I have had a few conversations on Twitter 
and um so I'm, I'm sort of tentatively trying to get him to come on the podcast he does a great podcast with his wife actually he's got a couple of i think he does a couple of podcasts but he doesn't i know he does one definitely does one with his wife which is brilliant yeah. um but um i uh, yeah i've got to know nick a bit um i say nick like we know each other um <laughs> Because uh, I reached out after I watched Debs. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I haven't Debs. seen it, but I've heard it's supposed to be really good. It's so good. I loved it. I'm a big fan of Alex Garland. And yeah, I think, honestly, I can highly recommend watching Debs. And Nick Hoffman's absolutely brilliant in it. Very different from, like, you know, Parks and Recreation kind of. Yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's sort of this um, sort of tech company owner, Zuckerberg esque sort of one. Well, not quite Zuckerberg, but that kind of thing. So that he, and he's sort of slightly sinister kind of element to him, and he's just fantastic. And so I reached out to him and said I really loved the show, and um, we had a few conversations, and we talked about wood because obviously he's really into wood, yeah, and, yeah, and carpentry and stuff. And then I went on his website, and have you seen? Have you been? I, I recommend going on his website, seeing some of the stuff that he's, his his um. He's got a workshop. Mm. I think there's a, they, they create some amazing he, stuff. He makes really nice canoes, doesn't he? I think that's one of his yes. specialities is canoes and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Nick would be a big... I'd, I'd love to talk to Nick Hoffman yeah, properly. Yeah, that yeah. would be great. He's one of my heroes, Nick Hoffman. Fingers crossed. If you're listening, Nick... Yeah, if, if you're listening... <laughs> If, if you're, you're listening, listening and you like this, this country, country. <laughs> <laughs> two birds with one stone, exactly. come on, come on, blank, and come on, what the actual yeah. podcast. We'll share him like he's listen. pineapple and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, before we uh, uh, talk a little bit more about your podcasts, because uh, I want to talk to you about your new one as well with Julia mm. Bradbury, uh, we're going to play Carry Your Curtain. Now, you've done this before, okay. uh, so you know how it goes, but these are all going to be from series three. Oh, gonna, okay, this could be tricky. Yes. I only got three out of five last there time. You, I, think. I think you did. So that's not, you say only. That's, that's, a, that's, respectable. that's a respectable score. So here we go. Yeah. Number one, I'll give you a line from, is it Kerry or Curtin? Number one, brilliant, superb. That couldn't have gone any better. Curtin. That was Curtin. Uh, calling Sue about the milk. Well done. <laughs> one out of one. Number two. Oh, see that bag down there? There's something in there for you. It's Kerry. Ah. That's the letter from Slugs episode when she brings home a foot spa for Curtin. Number three. Of course. Number three. Uh, I just don't want to come home at the moment, so I just want to go somewhere where I know I'll feel welcome. I just don't want to go home at the moment. I just want to go somewhere where I know I feel welcome is correct. That's the Cynthia episode with Dad back home. Yes, two, that's why. Two out of three. Yeah. Uh, number four, he had polio. Try dancing when your knees are back to front. Curtain. <laughs> that is Curtain. That's yes. uh, Curtain's half-brother talking, talking about his dad. equal first time round. This one to beat it. <laughs> Pressure's on. Number five. You just want to talk about that documentary you watched last night about sharks. Curtain. That was Curtain! Yay! Yay! 
He's beaten his last score. Four out of five. Well Respectability. done, Giles. Well done, indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, tell us a little bit about your new podcast, uh, A Little Bit of Positive with Julia Bradbury. Where did that all come yeah, from? Yeah, we launched today. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, I've been friends with Julia for a while. She came on blank. Uh, um, oh, God. Quite near the beginning, actually. Mm. Probably like sort of eight, end of 2018, maybe early 2019. And we just sort of stayed in touch. And, you know, she's such a bundle of energy. Um, and really an incredibly positive person. And we, we talked for ages about doing something together that was positive. And I think she wanted to do, um, obviously her background is broadcasting and presenting. So I think podcasting is probably about the only thing she hasn't done in that kind of realm. So she does radio and all sorts. So I think podcasting like a good thing to do. It was something we could do fairly, you know, very quickly and straightforward. So um, yeah, we, 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 we launched today and we, yeah, it's, it's literally about positivity. So positive stories positive news um inspiring guests um our first guest this week was richard walker who is the the ceo of um iceland who has done loads and loads for um plastic pollution and stopping plastics going through um through the company and then also for um to stop kind of palm oil and stuff using palm oil products so he's an incredibly inspiring guy you know um trying to sort of change I guess change the branding a bit with Iceland you know they've kind of, they've kind of probably had a bit of a a bit of I guess a slightly you know down market reputation in the past and I think you know um he's doing incredible work there and um he's got an incredible story he, he started off as a, you know shelf stacking he didn't you know his, his parents owned the business but he started off right at the bottom and has sort of learned every aspect of the business and you know and continues to to do that so yeah so really inspiring so yeah, it's just kind of people like that inspiring guests people that have positive like um positive moments in their lives or, or or moments where they've turned things around if they've been in a darker sort of place and um yeah and just we talk about kind of positive things we've seen in the news and yeah just to just to be like um uh, just to be an opposite for whatever thing we see particularly on social media as you know it's mm. you know it's so, so sort of grounded in negativity and drama that uh, we just wanted to have something that was a bit of give people a bit of respite from that a beacon of light in the darkness that is life at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean we've been talking about doing this for ages but it just seemed like the optimum time to do it really to put it out now and that's not you know not wanting to take advantage of the situation but just uh, because it's everything's so dark at the moment mm. that you know we felt for us as well like going back to a bit like talking about why we want to carry on doing blank during this time it's just something for us we can get on a you know get on a zoom chat or um Dencast or whatever and then we can we can chat and talk positive stuff it just makes such a difference to our days as well so hopefully that'll be the same for people listening so you really do find a benefit of it after you finish recording Giles yeah but definitely I mean anytime I, I really love I mean that's why I love podcasting as a medium really I I you know doing this and you know doing other people's podcasts done a few this week actually other people's podcasts but i've been on as a guest you know i enjoy being a guest i enjoy um hosting i I'm, I've, i produce a couple of other podcasts you know so i really enjoy the whole the whole thing and I, yeah i always feel a bit of a buzz and a, and a good feeling after doing them i don't know what it is i guess maybe a bit of endorphin when you're doing these sort of things but yeah i i love it and um yeah it's always great to talk to like i say talk to julia because she is just um yeah 
just so she has such an amazing energy and she's yeah she's just a great character so um it's always enjoyable do you prefer being a host or a guest on a podcast because sometimes being a guest on a podcast to me feels like being a passenger in a car you've got no you've got no power in where things are going and i, I quite like being the host because then you you know you're steering the ship yeah. a little bit you know what? I don't know. I do quite like being a guest, actually. I've quite, I've done, like I say, I've done a few this week, um, and the and and previous weeks I've done a few. Again, I think <laughs> during lockdown, people are looking for guests. <laughs> I've been asked a lot more. Um, they must be desperate. Um, no. uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoy being a guest. But I know what you mean. It is nice to um, to, to 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 be on the other side of it as well. And um, I mean, I. I I always, yeah, it's just nice to be to, to, to get to talk to people you haven't spoken to before, you know, and connecting with people. That's always the, the, the thing I enjoy the most about it. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I like both aspects, really, being guest and 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 hosting. Mm. So, where does your positivity come from? Because, like I say, I've never met anybody virtually or on on social media that is as positive as you. Now, you must have down days. You must have days when you're not feeling a hundred percent positive, but your positivity just shines through on, on the internet, especially in, in days like, like we're living through now, where does that come from? Well, I think it goes, I mean, I guess we could go back to what um, we were talking about with the book. I mean, you know, I've been through some pretty dark times in my life. Um, and I know I I feel lucky. I think I feel lucky that I've been able to come out of that situation that it pretty much intact. Yeah. Um, I've always been grateful. I'm very grateful for everything. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful for things I have. Grateful for my family. You know. So I think gratitude has always been a big part of my life. And I was talking to someone the other day about um, the sort of times that we dwell. So some people dwell in the past. And the people that have done in the past don't tend to be very happy because they're constantly thinking about what's happened before. And then you get people that dwell in the future and they're always worrying and anxious about what's to come. And I'm definitely someone who dwells in the present. Um, and I think the, that helps me generally in life to be in the present. It makes me, it makes me more present. Mm. It means that I, I feel like I'm contributing to the, you know, to the family or, or to whoever I'm with or whatever I'm doing and I just it makes me less anxious about stuff I think and I think if you've got if you're more settled and you're and you're more you know you can be more positive because you know you've got that you're not you're not worrying and fretting about stuff so I'm trying I try really hard to stay in the present as much as possible and and um and that for me is probably where the positivity sort of spouts from but I know I think you know I just feel very lucky and um I feel like everyone should be able to feel like that if they want to. And it's nice to, I don't know, it's, it's that old age, it's cliched, but it's nice to be nice. And, you know, it makes me feel, you know, it, it makes me feel as good. You know, there's a whole, I mean, there's a, chem, there's a chemistry in it, oxytocin and all that, you know, you say to someone you love them, then you feel good. They feel, you know, you say, you know, you're kind to someone, you feel good and they feel good. So, you know, there's there's chemical reactions that happen in our bodies when we're we're nice and and kind, and you know everyone benefits, don't they? Mm. So I guess that's really where it comes from. Well, I feel positive already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, I have to say, it's like 
Twitter especially can be one of those places can be a cesspool sometimes. It really can. But I know from personal experience, it's like I'll look at my phone on a Friday and then there's this, uh, this, this message from Giles, like with, you know, love you guys or something. And and then you're, you're in like the thread and you think, ah, and it just bumps you up for the day because you think that's really nice. It's just a simple uh, tweet, you know, it's, and it's just weird how it does give you just that little bit of positivity to face the day. Yeah. And that's the thing as well, isn't it? It's just little things. It's just to be thought of, mm. you know, we all like to be, you know, we, so it's such a nice feeling to be thought of. And if someone just, you know, it's just a little random act of kindness. I think those, you know, we know random act well of kindness. Well done, sir. There's a pro at work there. There's a pro at work. <laughs> well done. Uh, so, so, so I was just going to ask, talking of this country, mm. you've just brought it nicely round. The American yeah. remake. Yeah, what's your thought? Are they going to be like um, hillbillies or something? Are they? Is that the is that the premise? Well, I don't think they've actually yeah, said really. where it's set yet, have they? I don't. Kansas, I think. Is it Kansas? Well, so yeah, so we're be. thinking Dukes of Hazards, are we? It could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm never sure about. I mean, they have obviously been successful remake. I mean, The Office. I mean. I think the American office is very, I mean, I think it started off quite, they use similar sort of scripts and stuff, yeah. but I think it evolved into something very different. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know, people really love it. Um, and I guess there's scope there for that. Um, but there's been others that have not translated well at all. I mean, I think they tried, they've tried to do in between us. That was bad. Yeah. The IT crowd I think they tried, was very bad. And I think, yeah, IT crowd, and I think they tried Peep Show as well. They did, yeah. which again, I think, I think, I think maybe literally a pilot and maybe nothing else. So I wouldn't want it to go those ways. I can understand, you know, obviously you franchise these things out. You, you know, they, I get, I, I don't know if um, those guys are getting involved with in the production or executive producer type. I think they are executive producers on the series. Yeah, yeah. so they they might have some, you know, some sway on on, on what's going to go in, you know. So, you know, that would be good um, if they've got some sort of, if they're over, able to overlook it a little bit. I think that was certainly something that happened with The Office. I know, I think Steve Merchant and Ricky Gervais were quite hands-on to start with because um, it's their baby or so. Yeah. So I think you'd want to be, you'd want to see it created in the right way, but so yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I'll certainly give it a look. But um, you always worry about these things when they they go overseas. Yeah, I think it's it's just a matter of time to see what they do. I and mean, it's Kerry and Sh- yeah. Kerry and Shrub Mallet is the name of the characters. Is it, That's, is it it's Kelly? not it was... Shrub Mallet. Yeah, Mallet. Yeah, is it yeah. is it Kerry or Kelly? Um, Kelly, isn't it? I think is it Kelly? Kelly. But anyway, Kelly yeah, yeah. So it's Kelly Ann yeah. and uh, Donald. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and Sean Sean William Scott is playing the vicar. So Stifler from uh, really? American Pie is that's a very strange um, that's a very strange casting. Choice. Yeah, he's the only real name in it. So yeah, the rest of them. That is interesting. Wow, that is that is an interesting. I mean, he's not been in anything for a while, has he? I don't think. No, not no. no, I'm I'm unsure about that casting choice there. I don't know. I think this could be a very different show. It could be. Then, <laughs> then it's Paul Feig is the showrunner, isn't he? He's he's the man behind. Well, he's got good track record, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's he's yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, he's made loads of bridesmaids and stuff like that, hasn't he? So, well, and the American yeah, office, like, and the American office as well, of course. So, yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe we'll be wrong. It would be a massive smash hit. Well, let's hope, even if it's just the day. and Sean Scott Williamson is going to be huge. Yeah, he's going to be back. He's going to be back in the and 80s. then we'll get him on the podcast if we can get. Yeah, him. exactly. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, I was going to say, well, this, yeah, well, I mean, I guess if this. If it takes off, you guys have got another... Well, we can uh, carry on then. Yeah. You, well, you've got a whole bunch of other shows you can Yeah, do. if they do 22 episodes a series, then we might get to that 200th episode. You never know. <laughs> I mean, we've, you know, we've we've rung the shit out of this one with 130... Up, 130 <laughs> keep going, guys. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, Giles, thank you so much for spending some time with us again, mate. It's oh, really it's been, been absolute pleasure. a pleasure to chat to you. We will put all the links to the book and the podcasts uh, in the show notes. So if you want to check them out, and I do uh, strongly urge you to, to check out the podcast. Uh, I've got the, uh, a little bit of positive on my queue. So I will be listening to that. Um, uh, but the 152 days and the blank podcast, please go and check them out. Giles, once again, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, again, well, no, thank you, guys. I, I I really appreciate you asking me back. No, it's um, been a pleasure. You, you're doing great work. I love I love the podcast and uh, yeah, keep going. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Take love it steady, you. sir. Stay safe. You too. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. There you go. The lovely Giles Paley Phillips there. What a joy again. What a joy. It, it feels like an, an old school. Uh, chat show when the, the 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 guest goes off, and then you say, "Ah, oh, and there he goes, the lovely Giles Paley Phillips." There, and now coming up, and now coming up, it's Kenny Everett who's going to bend my microphone. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Well, another wonderful guest, uh, Neil. Would you like to finish off, please? Yes, <laughs> that <sounds> awful. <laughs> <laughs> While on Zoom, I'm going to finish it off. <laughs> yes, um, off you go. Please do come and follow us on all the social media platforms under WTAF This Country. We'd love to see you on there. You can email us for any questions or just to talk to us at uh, WTAFThisCountry at Hotmail.com. And then if you want to visit our website that has everything you want to and all the links, please visit WTAFPodcast.com. Beautifully done, Neil. Even though I wasn't listening, I was looking at my phone. But there you go. Naughty. Naughty, naughty. Yes, and also come and join us on Patreon. Come and be a Patreon bozo. Just patreon.com forward slash WTAF. There's loads of wonderful uh, gifts and rewards that you can get. Extra content, uh, early access to the podcasts, beautiful WTAF enamel pin, uh, just for $1, $2, or $5. That's, uh, that's all it takes. To become and be a bozo. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Please stay safe, mate. And you, sir. And please, everyone else, stay safe and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. 
Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The top ten of anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.